This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hey, this is Jedi Master Rob LaBerry, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and you're listening to... Wait, hold on, hold on one second. What the force? Hey, hey, aren't you Dr. Sonny Ravencourt of the University of Coruscant? Nope. No, you absolutely are. I recognize you. No, you were in the archives not too long ago. I believe you were on a tour, a guided tour. Uh... Look, here's the deal. This temple is not open to outsiders without escort. So you're going to just have to move right along or I'm going to have to get Jedi Temple security. Oh, come on. I can't get this kind of information at the University of Coruscant. Look at this transcription. This Jedi was murdered. All right. Uh, that, that's it. We're not going to have this conversation. Padawan, please go get the temple guards. Oh, I really don't think you need to call Jedi secure. Okay, here they come. I got to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Goodbye, Dr. Ravencourt. All right, sorry about that. Uh, where was I? Oh, right. And you're listening to Conversations Podcast with Pat and Charles. It's a translation to a Star Wars nation. It's a celebration. Hello, and welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is episode 123. There is no ignorance, there is only knowledge, there is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is the force. There is no year without a recap. Jedi Council 2023, a recap of Star Wars offerings for the year. Ooh, wow. Drop that beautiful Jedi oath, DJ. Dang. Welcome to the first of many jedi council episodes okay all right great shot kid let's don't get cocky. okay <laughs> many implies that we'll be doing this every year i'm not sure we'll be recording every year so why don't you go find out all right welcome to the potentially one and only jedi council <laughs> review of 2023 um you know we were talking about this where it's it's we you know we rarely well we'll do our crossover episodes with maybe you know like the uh it's true all of it or, or the now the from jedi temple archives or our friends over at the hyperion adventures podcast or most things kenobi we'll do sort of crossover episodes where we talk about series and and shows and stuff but for the most part we do topic-based episodes and we figured as a roundup for 2023 we could talk about all the stuff that has come out this year and, you know, talk about the things that we've seen, watched, didn't watch, and maybe project what we're looking forward to for the 2024. Yes. So, uh, you know, at the time that this airs, we're like right at the edge of the year. So, yes. um, so what better way to go through um, the year's offerings of Star Wars than now? Indeed. And very early 2023 
our first offering of Star Wars content. That's right near my birthday. Two days before, in fact. But what better birthday gift than Hunter, Rika, Tick, and the whole gang of the Bad Batch Season 2? Yes, and they definitely kicked it up a notch. What did you think about Season 2? I watched it. <laughs> oh, okay. yes. No, I, I did enjoy it. Um, You know, no one's ever really gone, according to Luke Skywalker. Ooh. So, um... I did enjoy various aspects of season two. Um, I still am not totally on board with Omega. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Um, but like the, the, the crew's good. I like the plot lines for the most part. I think the whole mercenary angle is pretty cool. Cause what else are they going to do? Really? You know? Right. Um, right. And kind of the introduction of some of these other characters from star Wars lore is pretty neat. Um, so I like all that, but like, you know, spoiler alert, like the end of season two, I'm like, what the force, bro? Yes. At what Mount, what is it called? Um, it. Mount Tantis, I think. Tantis, I yeah. That's... About it. So uh, that being said, <laughs> I kind of hope that Luke Skywalker wasn't full of Sith when he said that stuff because um, I really need said individual to not be one with the force. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Because, like, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing that I felt is that the where it ended is almost more impactful than where it started. Can I say something real quick? Absolutely. So this is a cartoon. But we care yes. so much about these characters because they're so beautifully written. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, that's a testament to the writing itself. Um, don't we care about these characters that are, that are literally drawn? Um <laughs> but um, between that and the music and all, it's like you feel feels and all. So, um, I mean, course. it's really something to to watch a cartoon and like as a grown ass man, like have tears and all and be like, no, I don't want this. There's something to be said for that. A show that can evoke such emotion, you know, while being drawn. You know, it's not like real people mm -hmm. on the screen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Deep Bradley Baker does a fantastic job. But, you know, he's, he's behind the mic. Yes. You know, so to see this sort of yeah. storyline and uh, that it evokes such emotion is testament to to the writing and the performance of the voice actors as well. Absolutely, and as a progression from the Clone Wars, from the movie to the episodes, now to the Bad Batch, it's reached an emotional point where sometimes it can surpass the movies because they have the option of a season to expand upon the story where you necessarily. Well, you got to gloss over that stuff on screen because uh, you don't have time for all that stuff. Exactly. And so it gives that more emotional pieces to it. And I completely agree with you is that it can be more impactful. And season two sort of came out of nowhere at the beginning of the year. I'm wondering if they're going to stealth drop season I don't know, three. man. I feel like enough people are like, what happened? Yeah. They're going to kind of hype it up a little bit, at least for at least for a couple of weeks before it drops. I don't think they're going to slip it in under the radar because in order to do that, you got to jam the radar. And when you use strawberry, it's nothing but trouble. <laughs> Only one person would jam the radar with strawberry. Oh, space ball. <laughs> well, the only reason I say that is because the focus has been on um, skeleton crew. We'll get to the future later. All right, all right, all right. Right, 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 right. So then everybody remembered that Disney Plus exists, and uh, 
And they were like, all right, cool, new content. And then, so you get through that, and you're like, well, now what am I going to do? Well, I'll tell you what you're going to do now. Bam! Mando Season 3, beginning of March. Which, you know, was, was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the purpose of Mando Season 3 was to set up the Mandoverse. You know, the, the movie that, yeah. that, uh, that yeah. they're doing. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. it was it wasn't my favorite of the uh, Mando Seasons. Right. But uh, but mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it yep. whatsoever. I mean, you know, I liked maybe Pedro Pascal being there. I liked all the you know the the, the content of the of the show was was decent. You know, I liked R five D four. Oh, nice. I mean, it's a little bit lazy. You know, I don't know what's wrong with his motivator, but you know, he's all right. <laughs> yeah, he passes. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was up and down. I mean, there's some episodes that I really liked. Some right. other ones I didn't really yeah. was okay. Uh, but like I agree, where it ended is a clear path towards the Mandoverse, and you get the sense that we're not going to see him again until Wait a that Wasn't movie comes Zeb out. Wasn't Zeb in Mando season three? Well, don't blink. So okay, but so yes. then that's my favorite series of all time. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh! That? And Steve Blum to do his voice, and it was like, yeah, you know what I mean. And you're like, that's oh. Zeb, and I loved it so much. And little Filoni on with yeah, his uh, with his cap already. on there at the bar. We saw him every season. We don't need to worry about him, <laughs> Dave. We love you, yes. and that's great Star Wars and all. I get it, but like you know, when you hear that thud, 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 and he's like, "Yeah, the rebels go to get yep. a drink at the bar," you know what I mean? And you're like, "Ah, that's Zeb," and it was just cool. I hurt my voice. Very cool. On that one. It was worth it though. <laughs> It was, it was, but it was, uh, you know, it was all in the name of the craft. So, uh, so there's that. Yes. So you start watching Mando season three mm-hmm. and then you're like, all right, cool. I'm uh, like, I like watching this stuff. But I want to do something. So then a month later, a month and a half later at the end of April, you got the mm. sequel to, um, Jedi fallen order. That's the one, uh, Jedi survivor. <laughs> comes out so you can yes. you know, do a little Cal Kestis action where uh, you get to beat Cameron Monaghan again. Now, I own Jedi I Fallen Order. I have not finished Jedi Fallen Order, nor have I purchased Jedi Survivor. I got the PS4, right? I have Star Wars Squadrons where presumably yes. you like fly ships and stuff. I don't know because it's still in the package. So like that's how much <laughs> I get to play video games. All right. So, I mean, I literally have a game that I have not opened. I have not physically opened it. I don't know what the disc looks like. I don't even know if there's a disc inside. I'm just going on blind faith. However, I do own it, um, and I do not have a PlayStation 5, so I shan't be playing uh, Jedi Survivor. However, I've seen the cutscenes and, and the storylines and, and all that, so I'm pretty excited about all that. Yes. And the, you know, the Inquisitors and, and everything else. Um and of course, Cameron Monaghan, you know, he does a good job. And yes. if they're going to make a movie or a show about this, they better do it quick before he ages out because otherwise we we'll forget it. Yeah. And don't open that game because it's worth more now un- unopened than it is. Oh, man. I was opened. really looking forward to playing it in all my spare time. <laughs> yes. Yes. In 15 years. <laughs> I will absolutely play it by 2030 for sure. Nice. That's a great schedule. Since I don't play a lot of games, um, I missed out on that one. 
And of course, you know, the, the, the more you play these games, the more you get rewarded with like, you know, power ups and like uh, advanced weaponry and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So then when you're this idiot like me that comes in three months into the game being released and you come in and you just have zero power and zero weapons and you die right away, it starts to, you know, it starts to piss you off a little bit. So you're like, I don't want to play this. What I want to do <laughs> come August is watch the Ahsoka Ooh. series. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ashley Eckstein. I love the Ahsoka character. And it's like, all right, now we got Rosario Dawson uh, bringing her onto the uh, small screen here. Okay, let's see what you got. And, um, you know, they did a decent job. The problem is, um, listen, we got a finite amount of episodes. Yes. Right? Well, you got 15. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to build up to something, and you spend four episodes wondering whether Sabine can hold a lightsaber, I don't need to deal with that nonsense. I mean, yep. I mean, the, the overall, yep. you know, I like it, but, like, they could have done a movie out of it. And given us two and a half hours mm -hmm. of decent movie without, like, oh, well, you know, you know, Ezra left his lightsaber with Sabine. So is she a Jedi? I don't know. Like, I feel like, no, that's not. Yeah. Listen, she was swinging around that dark saber. She's Mandalorian. That's okay. I'm all right with that. I can, I can deal with Kanan, yeah. a legit Jedi teaching her how to use the lightsaber. All right. That's cool. You know, I can, I can get down yes. with that. But yep. like, we're going to spend three episodes wondering whether she can deflect blaster bolts with the, the shield down. She can't see a thing. How she's supposed to fight. That's some Luke Skywalker stuff. We don't need that nonsense on Ahsoka. Nope. And especially what those episodes took away from the potential of the story. I would have watched uh, uh, Ezra with, what, what do you call them, the uh, Ewoks? Ewoks. I would have yes. watched <laughs> that two more yeah, episodes than this like, Ahsoka being like, I don't know if I can train her type of stuff. I don't need that. Yeah. Or feature the late, great Ray Stevenson and his character. Like, get all the stuff that's on the cutting room floor, throw that together, and, like, edit it with, like, some defake or whatever, and I'm down. Like, that dude's cool. I want to see more of him. Yeah. There were some great moments in that series that seemed to suffer from other moments in that series. And overall, it was I, – I, I enjoyed it. But I think that, like you said about the Mandoverse movie – that's where it's all going to come together. And I'm okay and... with that. I'm all right. Yeah, same here. Let me tell you something. You got all that Anakin Skywalker stuff and that Clone Wars uh -huh. stuff and the World Between Worlds stuff. Come on. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'll even go further to say that if it weren't for your influence for me to watch those Clone Wars episodes and the Clone Wars itself, I know it would be on... Yeah, deaf ears. You're like I don't know who this strong guy is. And so you've got two series. You've got the Clone Wars, and yeah. you've got Rebels in that. Yeah, of course. In that, right? You got the the World yeah. Between Worlds and Rebels, and you've got Clone right. Wars, Anakin. Listen, you talked about the character of Ahsoka. Like that's what you that's what you're looking at is like like her upbringing, yeah. and then her you know fighting with the Rebels and Resistance and all this. Like that's all stuff that like shapes yeah. who she is. So if you're gonna have a show about her, you Bet you mm -hmm. best believe you're gonna have some of that stuff in there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we'd be remiss if we're talking about events or opportunities um, uh, in Star Wars media if we didn't include the uh, Star Wars Vision season two, which uh, was dropped yeah. on well, it was dropped on May the fourth. So let me tell you something. 
real quick. Uh, you know, I'm a little, I, I dabble in some sculpting. Okay. A little, little claymation type mm-hmm. of stuff. Okay. I worked with some clay before. That's my medium is clay. You know, I could draw a little bit, mm-hmm. but I, I do some sculpting. Right. So one of my early influences from the uh, early nineties was Wallace and Gromit. Okay. So you got Wallace and Gromit and, uh, you know, cracking toast Gromit. And, uh, you know, they fly to the moon, they make a <laughs> rocket and fly to the moon to get some cheese because Wallace is out of cheese for his crackers. So, you know, what of better to do? Is. I mean, you can't go to the supermarket. You got to go to the moon, right? Because everybody knows the moon's got the best cheese. Cheese, Gromit. You know, so you got that. And then you got the, you know, you got the, the little penguin chicken guy that, like, he puts the glove on and looks like a chicken. But he's a penguin. He's nefarious. He's bad news. <laughs> um, so anyway, so these things were greatly influential to me when I was a youngling. Uh, in terms of my sculpting and, and my love for that medium, you know, you had season one of Visions was very anime heavy, which is which is all well and mm-hmm. good and fine and wonderful. But then, um, mm-hmm. you know, you had uh, Art and Media, who uh, who has uh, taken Nick Park, who did um, Wallace and Gromit, taken him under their umbrella of uh, media. So so right. they had done a a. A Star Wars Visions episode, which I am all about because I am I am down with not only claymation and that sort of animation style, but Nick Park in general and what he did with Wallace and Gromit. It was different yeah. flavors yeah. of Star Wars, right? This was like full of Easter eggs. And I would say that season two was much more international. We, we introduced a lot more yeah. uh, countries and, and studios. I think it was the idea with season one, but they were just more more Asian. Correct. Yeah. Like very anime, very manga. So, for example, in Ireland, uh, there was a studio from there that had the Screeches. I can't remember the name of the title, but it was based on the Banshee, the uh, the Irish Banshee. And th- th- that drove yeah. the story. But they're from Ireland. And it was local influence of lore from right. their country in a Star Wars voice. And it was fantastic. I think I, I was able to appreciate it more because it was more adult yeah. in its approach. It was some scary scenes. Well, s- episodes were not scary, but like more deeply resonant um, episodes. Uh, there was ones like the ardent one was hilarious, but also awesome. In fact, you know, Roe at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast had on one of the co-hosts of the uh, Yubcast podcast that we follow. That's what their thing is, is all Star Wars, all animation. And they just reviewed Visions, right? Yeah. The Vision mm-hmm. Season 2. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Uh, so if you want more in-depth on that stuff, go take a look at that. Or if you want uh, to get more in-depth on Season 1, Yubcast did a episode-by-episode breakdown of that. But um, they really went deep in the uh, the culture of each country that produced those shorts. But as a as a umbrella part, I really really enjoyed season two uh, more so, I guess, than season one because it was a more global approach to it and had a wider reach. There's a common thread in there, and it was very uh, reminiscent of what many of us were going through this, that period, I would assume while this production was going on was in the middle of COVID while they're writing these stories. It was, it was a interesting allegory to what the entire globe was going through at the time. My favorite part of uh, 
Vision Season 2 was a lack of a uh, hut led rock band episode. <laughs> but yeah, no, and you've got these different sort of uh, veins of uh, content in different media forms, which is something that you may not be drawn to naturally. But, you know, again, when it's when it's through that common thread of Star Wars, it's like, yeah, let's check it out, you know, and then. You get exposed to something you may not have you know, thought about before, like who'd have thought of this art style for Star Wars right. uh, versus um, you know the, the traditional animation that they had in like the holiday special and that sort of stuff that's like yeah. traditional American animation versus these different different types of animation that are very iconic for these regions on the globe. But with mm-hmm. that same content of like, you know, lightsabers and, and space travel and Jedi and all that kind of stuff, which is really very yeah. cool yeah. to the point where they came out with a book, uh, The Mandalorian Volume 1 manga. Yes. Which is really a cool idea for that, um, especially when you have like this sort of Ronin idea in a main character that's got many Asian influences in terms of storyline and kind of who he is and all. To kind of mm-hmm. watch that unfold yeah. in that medium with that art style is really very cool. Absolutely. And that transcends then Western yeah. culture and storytelling with Eastern culture and storytelling, melds it really well in the middle and makes it accessible to both those cultures. And if you layer in then the Kurosawa yeah. Yeah, uh, origins of Lucas's original uh, you know, uh, concepts, completely makes sense and that's like the wonderful part of it where if you take you know the uh, visions aspect of the um, global approach and acceptance of star wars lore that you can then translate that to uh you know different cultures it's it's a universal language that um really makes it accessible to so many different people and that's why Star Wars is so popular amongst yeah, you've got some cross pollination too because like your daughter is into manga and all and and uh, more yes. so than yeah. Star Wars which I mean nobody's perfect but <laughs> when you merge the two it's like hey you want to watch Star Wars manga and she's like absolutely and you're like all right cool and now she's into Star Wars um so I mean that sort yes. of thing is really a cool um crossover as well but um you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what what else happened on May the Fourth when um, when we were not at home watching Disney Plus. Right, we were in Star Wars Park watching David uh, be the superstar to everyone else who was uh, in the park. You would that have thought that like Matt Lanter, or well, no, he's, he's possibly more attractive than Matt Lanter. Um, <laughs> Uh, Sam Whitwer or so was, was walking through the park himself. Ooh. I know. Uh, so I've been listening to the, uh, Batman unburied on uh, Spotify and Sam Whitwer is one of the voices in that too. And I love him so much. He's my favorite. Nice. So yeah, our friend David over to the black spire broadcast, he, um, accompanied us in our rebels gear for star Wars day in the park. We went to the, um, the collectible shop. Okay. Echo base. Collectibles, mm-hmm. uh, which of course is uh, Star Wars related. It's not only Star Wars stuff, but there's a lot of Star Wars stuff. And uh, he found some good mm-hmm. stuff. You found some good stuff. I found a lot of stuff, but I recently yes. spent a bunch of money, so I was uh, I was I was not allowed to partake in all of the 
<laughs> financial uh, uh, aspects of uh, yeah constraints. So that being said, um, yeah, we did that. We had a, a wonderful morning eating our hearts out um, at uh, FK Your Diet and um, and then hanging out mm-hmm. with David for a fun late morning and then laughing at him from inside the gates at Star Wars Park as he was as he was. <laughs> Presumably, uh, using foul language at the gate with the um, cast members, uh, but you know he was dressed as Chopper, so it was nothing but naturally. So yeah, it was um, uh, it was quite quite funny to watch as we ate our uh, our event exclusive Wookie cookies and watched mm-hmm. him uh, try and uh, weasel his way in through the front gates uh, 10 minutes ahead of his uh, scheduled time. <laughs> and uh, for a former Disney Park employee. <laughs> oh, that must have been frustrating. <laughs> to go through such stringent yes. <laughs> costuming issues and, uh, and access denied. So then, of course, he yes. tried to use his data port to bypass the security, and uh, <laughs> that did not work either. No. No. But eventually yeah. he did make it in. And once he did, the... Oh, uh, my gosh. So you were like Rebels Rex. Yeah. Well, right. Andor. Yeah, Andor yeah. Rex. And you know, I was Kanan. And yes, that didn't matter to literally anyone. It did they not. were like, oh, my God, Chopper. And he's like... Bah, 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 and like he was like yeah I mean it was it was insane he was extra curmudgeonly which is perfect yes and uh, he was a little spicy because of the the burrito that he had at the restaurant earlier um, and um, so I mean it was just it was madness how many people were like flocking to him and of course you know wanting to um, interact with him and and take photos and then. Um, and then, of course, you know, when he brought out the lightsaber, it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Who gave Chopper, who gave Chopper a lightsaber? Whose idea was this? <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> so that was all fun stuff. Um, so, you know, of course, we did that. And then, um, you know, we uh, interviewed some people for our show, which you can listen to uh, from back then. Um, you know, and obviously mm-hmm. uh, more fun with... Uh, with David from Black Spire Broadcasts, that's always a good time to uh, speak with him and to meet up with him. And uh, him and his co-host slash wife have, have always been very generous and appreciative to us. And um, so, yeah. you know, it's just another wonderful time to get to share in Star Wars with good friends. So, yeah. Absolutely. It was a great day. Great interactions. Um, you and I were fantastic handlers to the star of the show, uh, Chopper, uh, with his um, foam core <laughs> arms. And Cal Kestis lightsaber. Cal Kestis lightsaber and quickly assembled hat that was uh, the talk of uh, Batu. Yes, the, for the sure. word was a buzz about <laughs> Chopper being there in, yes. uh, in full force, of course. <laughs> yes. Which uh, his eldest son is now going to be wearing. Yeah, he's year, made apparently. a few modifications himself. It still fits. <laughs> Before we get to our next section, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hello there. 
I'm Carto Ganroot of Ganroot Family Cantina and Yog Bar. Are you looking for a great dining option for the whole family? Well, at Ganroot Family Cantina and Yog Bar, these are the meals you're looking for. We're conveniently located on the lesser meteor crest of Mimban. But leave your slog boots at home. We're not near the muddy parts. We even have a children's menu that will have your kids saying, Mm-mm, McClunky. Don't take my word for it. Here's what some of our hungry, happy customers have said. Luke S. from the Outer Rim says, The Womp Rat Stew is so good, I thought my aunt made it in the desert. An Anonymous from Corellia says, Their Bantha Bites have so much spice, I almost dumped them at the first sign of an Imperial Cruiser. Remember, when you're hungrier than a Zillow Beast, Ganroot Family Cantina and Yog Bar has your order, and may the flavor be with you. And we are back. <laughs> Thank yes. you to our sponsors. We touched on the um the series, the Disney Plus series. Uh, we touched on all the plethora mm-hmm. of films that were released into theaters. Oh, wait. No, we did not. But now we are moving <laughs> on to literary offerings of Star Wars. Nice. We've covered a good mm-hmm. half of the year. A little bit more if you consider uh, the Ahsoka series. But yes, now we get into the more of the literary side yeah. of releases. So my favorite of the literary options was the uh, comics, of mm-hmm. course, because I don't have time to read books. Of course. I read books with pictures. <laughs> um, I'm essentially guest on. <laughs> so um, they yes. released uh, like Mando season two in comic form, which was really cool because, um, you know, Mando season one um, – we have uh, the the entire series of that. In fact, we have the uh, the first appearance of uh, Gecko the Bounty Hunter. Ooh, yeah, our our personal yeah. friend, yes, yeah, Dominic, Dominic, yeah. So, um, so we do have those. Um, but Mando season two is really cool to see the artistic interpretation of those scenes and storylines, uh, which is always great fun. Uh, in addition to that, we have the uh, High Republic series uh, two. Uh, which expands upon the mm. uh, the ancient lore of the Jedi and the High Republic, and among the the coolest visually, which is is um, kind of in the same vein as like Sin City comics, the, the film that had like Bruce Willis mm. and uh, and uh, yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt and, uh, and uh, Elijah Wood and all. Uh-huh. Um, Mickey Rourke was in nice. it too. Anyway, um, that sort of stylistic interpretation of Darth Vader black white and red which was really Ooh. I mean the, the visually is just very stunning because you had the black and white and and just beautifully drawn um and then of course the the red of his saber and and all of that that just kind of melded uh really well on paper so that mm. was a, a really interesting comic series that they had um debuted this year as well nice some of those graphic novels speak to the visions approach where it's a, uh, a definitive yeah. art style uh, to Star Wars that expands upon the traditional approach 
for the way we present Star Wars, but this is on the printed page, which is just absolutely gorgeous. It's really uh, very well done in terms of the art style, but then, of course, you've got the the storyline that's propelled forward wonderfully also. Uh, but while we're on the topic of black, white, and red, uh, we go into the books. And uh, there is a book called Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade that was uh, released as well. Now, I didn't read that, but I've mm-hmm. heard great mm-hmm. things about that yeah. novel. And basically, it, it kind of um, explores the origin of the Inquisitors. You know, when you first see them in Star Wars Rebels, you're like, all right, these people have lightsabers, but like, are they, they're not. They're not Sith. They have red lightsabers. But, like, were they, like, mm. former temple guards? What's the story here? And then uh, you kind of get bits and pieces. And then this is kind of the canon explanation for Inquisitors, where they came from and how they were trained, where they are, you know, kind of yeah. protecting of the Emperor and Vader and, and the whole, like, upper echelon of the Empire and everything, ensuring their safety as well as uh, diminishing any threats from any lingering jedi or people that might threaten the authority in the galaxy that's really cool and then we move into yes. Thrawn treason uh. timothy zahn secondary mm-hmm. trilogy of books he's written the fact that thrawn's been pulled into yeah. canon is a huge call out to his character and it, it lends excitement to what timothy has done with that character I mean, you've got such love for the character and for that series and such questionable response to the sequel trilogy that the story group over at Lucasfilm, the the group that is responsible for the story at the company of Lucasfilm, um, has said, hey, you know, maybe we'll, we'll entertain this idea of this ridiculously popular vein of storytelling um, and kind of bring this into the fold, which they've done. um, Like you had said, there have been some modifications to that, Mm -hmm. you know, based on kind of what flies in the face of current canon and kind of altering that so that this story still works within that same universe, which I think is, is really a smart take to, to bring a character in that, that I don't think anybody hates. Um, and no. to really just yeah. be able to, to have that freedom to explore that character and those storylines um, in such a way that makes sense, which hopefully then they can kind of add in some other things, which I, you know, based on the, the current status of the sequel trilogy, I don't know if they could incorporate all of the aspects of that yeah. heir to the empire's yeah. plot points but uh there's certainly a lot that they they have brought in that, that have worked well so you know uh, obviously thrawn's story is not done in canon with the um feloni favro verse mando verse project that they're working on uh so that'd be kind of interesting to see how that unfolds Furthermore, but, you know, they, obviously he was introduced and plopped on screen uh, in live action uh, for the first time this year, which is very exciting as well. Very much so. And we even touched upon that in the debut episode, our last episode, where the potential for the extended story of where we ended up with the TV series versus the movies, how all these things tie together. And if Thrawn is a 
major character within these side stories and these series, as opposed to movies, which right now is all we have, the culmination of the storyline in the mm-hmm. Filoni-verse Mando story arc will be pivotal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, listen, you had Darth Vader, who's pretty big. <laughs> you got that. You're not going to find another Sith that's going to be as popular or as as endeared to the population as Darth Vader. You're just not. So True, right. It makes sense. You're looking for another villain. You know, you don't need some some wannabe with a helmet and like a red lightsaber to be swinging that thing around throwing temper <laughs> tantrums, okay? You don't. You really don't. So when you've got a character that's very strongly written otherwise and you bring him in, you know, he's got that motivation. He's got, you know, that, that cunning as a uh, strategist and everything. It works, man. And he's a formidable mm-hmm. foe to a lot of people. So it's like he's able to really evoke that sense of danger. Like, yeah, okay, this guy's not force sensitive, but he knows what's up. And he's going to cause some trouble, man. He totally is. I can get on board with this versus like, you know, my granddad died, but like he was cool and like wore all black and stuff. Like, all right. <laughs> that stuff's going to be cool because obviously they, they weren't going to show their whole hand in the Ahsoka series there. Obviously, if they're intending to use him later on uh, in the culmination of these mm. stories, you know, so yeah. that makes sense to me. But, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that all unfolds versus how it took place in the, in the novels and everything. Right, and what what story points they pull out from those novels, if any, yeah. and tie it all together. So, uh, so that's something that that we have, have have seen, have been exposed to, have um, have kind of had hints at, uh, but also something to look forward to in in the next year as well. Yeah, and along with that, we got the High Republic going on. You had a bunch of novels in, I think, yeah. Wave Two at this point, and as they build towards the acolyte series which is rumored at this point to be somewhere in 2024 2025 um we're marching towards that quite quickly we've got several storylines and as some of our two listeners know i started with the high republic and i read everything everything from the novels to the comics to the young adult to the mature books and then eventually it was sort of i ended up not following them. I just sort of lost interest. Um, but those plot points have continued on. And if they do end up in the Acolyte for where they're going for as a build up towards a prequel to the events we see in the, uh, prequel, the prequel, prequel trilogy. Yeah. So it would be quite interesting, but we'll see how that plays out. Well, let me tell you something. If they're going to do a High Republic series or, or film or anything at that level without including the Nihil, then I'm out. Forget it, man. Because those guys, like, I'm telling you, like, they're fascinating to me. Um, you know, you've got this this era yes. where, they're, like, Sith uh, presumably don't exist, which, as we all know, they've been, uh, you know, amassing power and, uh, and kind of getting back on track for their World Tour 2.0. And, um... But in the meantime, you get these Nihil. They're, they're fantastic. It's such a such a cool villain for that time period. So like, I feel like the group that's in charge of story for the Lucasfilm company, for them not to include them in a, a live-action version of those that time period is quite foolish because, I mean, those dudes are cool. So like, to see them doing their thing yes. and wreaking havoc and, and confusing everybody and, and 
getting away with all that craziness is like, I mean, that's that's stuff that that you know is going to be cool to see on screen. You know, you're just reading about it at this point with the books. It's like, God, you got to be able to see that. That'd be cool, you know? Yeah, especially like Marky on Rogazga from uh, Scuttlebug exactly. Podcast. Exactly, and let's not forget the uh, noxic gas that's uh, expelled by the Nihil on behalf of Rob from the Giant Temple Archives. So, you know, that being said, you know, we do have those properties to look forward to. But in addition to that, they've got the, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi that was released. Yes, that yeah, was fantastic. So you get, you get yeah. that sort of like secondary angle. Like we used to get the uh, DVD ROMs for a movie. You could like watch the watch the scene Ooh, angle. Anyway, yeah. it's the same scene. I don't understand why I have uh, access to this. I mean, now I understand why it was left on the cutting room floor. But uh, I guess so. Cool. So you know, so you have that, um, which is you know, it's a cool thing to 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 read. But then, um, all right, that's let's, let's, the tertiary story, which you know, at, at some point they might make into an episode or something. I don't know. Yeah, and it just gives a different angle, right? Like the behind the scenes almost. It's a bonus feature. You got like a huge amount of stories from a you know myriad of yeah. different authors who take a character and or an angle and just explore it. It's it's fun for what it's worth, and it you know gives a bit of depth to what we're familiar with in the movies. Yeah, so that that kind of rounds out most of the. Uh literary offerings and then of course we get to mm-hmm. um the figures that were released as michelle from the uh hyperion adventures podcast would uh also agree with us they are called figures you know dolls uh they have dolls that build a bear they have uh, star wars uh, bears that mm-hmm. are offered there and then of course um you know the yeah. um the galaxy of heroes uh types of uh dolls right uh, my daughter has princess leia but these are figures we're not talking about dolls so some of the new offerings from the are your favorite and mine the uh asbro black series has released the uh uh, characters from the the obi-wan kenobi series more characters Mm -hmm. from obi-wan kenobi series in fact i just saw a uh a vader with the helmet all busted up from his fight yeah, he's like Savage <gasps> Vader, like cool. and then uh, yeah, yeah, oh. and then um, I saw there's a um, a Sabine, Ezra, and uh, like Morgan Elspeth and all from the Ahsoka series. Dang, and uh, fear Dang. not for in time for the holiday season, they have released uh, the Bad Batch season two, which includes like the mercenary versions of all their armor. So like you know, Hunter's Ooh. got like his like neckerchief and stuff like he's like cool and all <laughs> like all right man very and cool. then of course they've had like the the return of the jedi like card backed versions of like chewy the ewoks uh you know andor yeah. han and all yeah. this kind of craziness um and then of course uh a darth malgus yeah wow cool, that's a deep cut he looks cool. i'm sure he's like super expensive but whatever um and also like the uh, clone war <laughs> season seven mall has been released this year oh with the um yeah. the legs there new day mall new legs um and then Andor. <laughs> okay uh i haven't seen cassian yet but like you know they got luthan they got the vel and like i don't know like droids and stuff like please and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the um, adventure series 
you know, not from Star Wars, but, but oh. from Indiana Jones because they have released some, some Indiana Jones uh, Black Series level figures, which has been very exciting because I was very close mm. to customizing a Han Solo to make in which now I don't have to, which <laughs> takes some work off of my plate for other things right. and customizations <laughs> and costuming and all that other fun stuff. So, you know, which, which brings my focus back to another custom I've been hesitant to work on because of how cool he is and, and how tough the customization would be. But fear not, for it has been announced that on January 1st of 2024, which is technically next year, but it's been announced this technically. year that we will be getting an independently boxed figure of star killer oh there my was a force gosh. unleashed like battle pack which had him and like a couple troopers and like some blast things and like lightning and all this crazy nonsense that you could like recreate the uh the cover of the game with these figures which was super wow. cool and i'm like yeah that's great oh sold out and like eight hundred dollars on ebay perfect guess what i'm not getting <laughs> Now that uh, our, our friend Galen Merrick is going to be released on his own, I intend to be at GameStop first thing on New Year's Day to pick up my uh, Starkiller figure. Starkiller. Oh, my gosh. Sam Witt, we're in plastic. My favorite of all time. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I, yes, I intend to, to buy two and have him sign one and then sign my body. Um, so uh, additionally, the, the Holocom translucent figures have also been released. Which um, I'm kind of banking on just getting one of those holocoms and then putting my like Force Ghost uh, Obi Wan and Force Ghost Yoda on that bad boy and see how they light mm. up. But uh, you know they got they got like uh, Bo Katan, they got Axe Woves for some reason. They got the Mandalorian, <laughs> which is kind of cool. I mean, I I prefer a Mithril, but and then of course they've got Han Solo. It's Han, so yeah. I get it. But I just don't understand why you would out these characters who never appeared as hollows the puck it's like a bounty puck they have a little wanted sign i get that goes it on the front okay i get it but you want you want obi-wan kenobi and, and uh commander cody that's what you want so that yes. you can uh, get cute order 66 in, yeah. your, in your kid's bedroom or something uh -huh. yeah okay yeah all right man yes, whatever exactly so uh exactly. yeah so thank you so we'll see how that goes i'm gonna put <laughs> force goes yoda on there and see how he lights up but, um, you know, it's, it's a cool idea. I like the idea. The idea is fantastic. And, I mean, I'd like to see Darth Vader as well. I'd like to see a little Sidious action. You know what I mean? Even if they only gave me the top half of his body. You know what I mean? You throw that thing on the puck and light him up. I mean, that'd be cool as hell. Now you're talking. Thank you. So we'll see. I mean, if this, if this first <laughs> series goes all right, then, you know, they might, they might do that. They might listen to us. And then steal our ideas and make us pay for them. Because, of course, we'll pay for them. But if they're going for 33 bucks a pop and you give me half a figure, it better be under 20 bucks. I'm telling you. <laughs> and we get a residual? Yeah, That'd I be fantastic. Care, pal. That's, no, it's sir. not going to happen. No, <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I think I feel like that's kind of what the offerings were this year. They made some announcements about some stuff. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, right. I, I, Lucas yeah. Jones made announcements yeah. before. So let's, uh, let's cool our jets on that one. Let's lock, let's lock the escrows right. in, like, flight position, okay? Let's not get too crazy <laughs> on all this nonsense until we start to see it materialize. You know what I mean? Right. But, yes, I think we have uh, 
the next general consensus is going to be the skeleton crew or like i said season three of bad batch you know i mean yeah or or better yet might get another season of resistance you know a little niku action you never know i'm sure rob is just like tooth and nail <laughs> waiting for that to come out <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're, we're kind of getting down to down to business in terms of the um, theatrical offerings that the company's yes. has hinted at or straight out told us we're getting. So hopefully we'll start to see those materialize because let me tell you something. When I went to see Doll of Destiny in theaters and I watched it on uh, Disney Plus, it's like, listen, it's a good movie on Disney Plus. But like it's cool stuff to watch on the big screen, you know? So when you're going in, you see the Star Wars logo, yeah. and then you see that crawl. It's like, come on, man. You want to see it in theaters. Nothing better. So hopefully, you know, with, with 2024, we see, we see a little bit more of that. They might do some more of the series uh, limited in theaters type of uh, things that they've done occasionally, uh, mm-hmm. which would be cool. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's nothing like seeing Star Wars movie in a theater, you know. And we got to move towards that. I know they're talking about it, but. It's like this shared experience. And what's better to say Star Wars is back than have a good movie with great script, powerful acting on the big screen. We're like in real time. Everybody's Nothing. losing their minds over it and everybody's loving it and you're yep. back on track. And that's, that's, I mean, that's exactly what the company needs to be like. Pow, we got this. You know what I mean? You go to theaters, you see all these people whooping, hollering, rejoicing, clapping at the end of the movie. Come on. You don't yes. have to do that in your living room watching Disney+. Plus. No. And you hear John Williams. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Come Nothing on. better. Come on. So, uh, you know, they've mentioned some projects that are uh, hitting the big screen. So if we can uh, make some of those happen, then that makes me happy. You know, we get some some more good content on the uh, on the streaming service. Mm-hmm. Then I'm all right with that. And, of course, you know, I'm going to spend all my money on those Black Series. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, <laughs> you know, man. What else is streaming? Our episodes. Hey, our episodes are streaming. They're not on Disney Plus, unfortunately. No. But you can find them otherwise. We are on the uh, socials and everything. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Uh, at conversations.com. Uh, we are on the Facebook. Well, you're on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched the thing in a while. Um, Facebook.com slash conversations. Um you know, every once in a while you have a falling out, so uh, you become somebody's ex. So then you might be at Suations on X, right? Where you, still, yeah, on X, where you're mm-hmm. Xing people, or you're, tw- are you still tweeting people? On no, X, you're reposting. You're Xing. You're, no, you're tw- reposting. reposting. That's yeah. What if you write your original post? Then it's reXing. ReXing. No, it's not. Okay, <laughs> but it's not a tweet. You don't tweet no. anymore on X. Tweet tweets are no X longer around. No. X tweeters. No. Okay. No. All right, so you um, can't retweet something. No, you re-Tesla something. Got it. I hear you. Uh, you know what? You know what else has an X in it? SpaceX. Furthermore, um, I don't know what that has to do with uh, anything. However, you know what else doesn't have to do with anything? Instagram. And we are at Conversations on Instagram. Uh, we've got a Threads account. Yeah. yeah I don't know if you're tweeting there. stuff, but you're threading stuff. And um, that's at Conversations. We got a uh, Etsy shop, uh, commerce suasion. Yeah. Yes. Make a little scratch off of that, you know, uh, incentivize this guy to uh, 
digitize my drawings to uh, to make some more stuff. Uh, additionally, you know, we, we got to get the uh, target practice up there. We had to stay on target from the Rebels. Then we got target practice from the Troopers. I set you that design like six months ago. But, you know, COVID supply chain. Six months. Twelve. Yeah, Twelve at least. Exactly. Twelve. Round down. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, furthermore. <laughs> Get off your ass, Westcott. <laughs> We've got a link tree. I don't know what that is, but it's a place where you find a bunch of nonsense. Uh, it's link.tree slash conversations. <laughs> and uh, if you're into different people talking, Red 5 Podcast Network. I guess we're founding proud members or something. <laughs> That's bio.link slash Red 5 <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harrison said I didn't say that. Harrison said it. That's it true. Wasn't That's me. true. Like I'm a proud founding member of Red Five. Harrison doesn't Harrison care. Ford like he is not. He's like flying planes and getting flat tires in Venice, Florida. I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> not me. That's him. That's him. <laughs> and um, I guess that'll wrap it up for 2023. So uh, yes. I guess all that's left to be said is may the 2024th be with you. Oh, may the 2024th be with you. The 2024th will be with you always. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and information, and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information, and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best, Steve Sansweet, while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. RanchoObiWan.org. <laughs>